the date is Friday, May 21st, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. This week's episode, we're talking about a rare theatrical release from the land of the rising sun, Demon Slayer Mugen Train. So what is it that makes this film so significant? Maybe it's the box office record that's smashing, or the art style, maybe the animation, or all these things together. Find out and listen along with us, and enjoy! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite show on the internet encapsulating everything entertainment. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. Jesus. <laughs> it's scary what you do. What you do is scary. Uh, so just to fill our audience in on the kind of week that we've had so far, mm-hmm. Nick is fired from the podcast, but he won't mm-hmm. leave. So yep. because of that... Problem. He will be staying for one more episode, but after that, we will be replacing him with an animated animal. So please send us messages and let us know which animated animal you'd like to see replace Nick. Now keep in mind, that animal will have a voice very similar to Nick's. I don't know why, that's just what the adoption agency said. We'll keep him in a bunker in my backyard. What do we have going on this week, gents? You know, I'm I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> You're gonna have to identify yourself first. I think my cold openings have been getting a little wild. If I'm being honest, yeah. um, if I'm being even more honest, I want to make a quick observation for the people listening mm-hmm. at home. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. This isn't my week mm-hmm. to talk, so don't think this is how we're starting the subject. I'm just talking. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Some of those include, here's some free marketing for you guys. My Brother, My Brother and Me, a show called Mm -hmm. Reply All that I will say was a big inspiration in this podcast that we do because it was what I was listening to when this was conceived. And a show called um, Night Vale. And I only recently started listening to Welcome to Night Vale. And the cold opening that I just did... I subconsciously replicated how that show goes, <laughs> and I I noticed it as soon as I did it, and I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry, everybody, but that's what happens when you listen to podcasts literally all day. Yeah, it does happen. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Nick. I'm, no, I'm wait, Michael? hold on, hold on, what? hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'm sorry. You please go ahead. Anybody who has like <laughs> any form of like OCD. Uh, would really get upset if we did it in the wrong order. Yeah. And that includes me. So let's do it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And I have a substance abuse disorder. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> a substance Jesus. abuse disorder? What? Yeah, I drink too much water. Michael, it's your week to do the podcast. Hi. So without <laughs> yeah. further ado, is that we're, we're gonna start it? We're yep. just gonna go ahead and start it and ignore right. your water cry for help. That's true. <laughs> All right. Cool. So <laughs> it's like, how do you start a podcast? I know. I um okay. So <laughs> we are I'm I'm very excited to be talking about a subject and like as as I'm known to do, I did lots of preparation for this. Um, and yeah, I, I recently was able to go out and enjoy a nice movie production in theaters in a nice COVID safe environment. How dare uh, you? No, it's I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, vaccinated, who cares? You know? Yeah, for sure. But, and yeah, it, it was a little bit of a risk, but like at the same time, like it was something that I was so extremely excited to watch, something I'd been looking forward to for legitimately like a year, year and a half. Um, and so for me, it was like, OK, this is totally worth it. And you know what, boys? I'm happy to say we're back in my wheelhouse because we're talking about a motherfucking anime movie. Oh, editing the thumbnails when I gotta go through all the anime <laughs> pictures on Google. Just don't use DeviantArt, then you're fine. It's hard Ooh. not to. They're just, <laughs> it's in the Google search results. It's just there. Oh, my God. I know, fine. I know. I'm excited because every time that we do talk about like anime or something like that, we're delving into a topic in which I know very little about, so it's always mm-hmm. a nice learning experience for me. So yeah, I and like I mean, that. that's 
that's part of the reason why I like talking about it with you all is because like you all give me like a whole new perspective on any topics that I cover like anime wise because it's Mm -hmm. like I never have to talk about this with anyone because you're like my only friends and you don't watch anime so who would i talk so to so let's just scream <laughs> it into the void of the internet and see who picks up on the other end absolutely yes. so there's not a lot of anime movies that are out there right now uh there's a pokemon movie where pikachu talked does that count yes I, it was if it was in theaters yeah it was in theaters is it anime i don't yeah. know cuz ash died and then pikachu started talking and oh. everyone went I didn't Oh. yeah no i remember that. that that's big news and yeah ash died that is oh old. Yeah. that was the first ash the has first died Pokemon movie. like five six times dude <laughs> has he i think he's died once and it was like internationally traumatizing to small children and so pokemon was like okay we're not doing that again okay <laughs> surprise he's alive again i'll google it <laughs> How many times has Ash died? <laughs> okay, so either way, so I'll I'll actually let you all know what movie we're going to talk about. And it's oh, the yes. Demon Slayer movie. So Demon Slayer Mugen Train is what it's called. The very first result is Ash Ketchum's lists list of deaths so top 10 ash Ketchum deaths here we go <laughs> number one seven he has died seven times wait really yes that's not even holy shit top 10 list. <laughs> oh my god okay that's, that's a future that's a future episode the dark side of pokemon <laughs> i'll say it that's too many times to die yeah. <laughs> all right but anyways, for like the fourth Mugen time, Train. hopping back onto the subject, Demon Slayer Mugen Train. That's so, the full. Okay. So why would this be something that I'd look forward to for so long? Um, so this is a movie that has been in Japan only for like the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just came to the U.S. about two, three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And uh so there was a lot of hype being built around this movie because this movie did extremely well in Japan. Um, hmm. Just to say the least, it set multiple box office records, including being the highest grossing film, R-rated or otherwise, of all time in Japan, uh, the highest grossing anime film of all time, and the highest grossing Japanese film internationally, passing the legendary Spirited Away. Which have you two seen Spirited Away before? Yes. I love Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And so for a movie to pass Studio Ghibli's most legendary movie, something about it has to be really special. Yeah, let's let's get this out of the way real quick. Is 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 there a train? Yes. You can't. In fact, from the you're playing into the meme, though. Yeah, the entire <laughs> said, movie train. takes place. The entire movie takes place on a single train. All right, all right. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm interested. Maybe I'm. You're not. already in. Like now, he yeah, just you're has right. to convince <laughs> me. You can't play coy. <laughs> um. So, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. So, sorry, I'm just collecting my thoughts back again. We're in a. I feel like I'm in a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, <laughs> Like so on top of a train yeah possibly uh we're not talking about the polar express again so get that out of your head mm-hmm. <laughs> darn it <laughs> so demon slayer uh we've talked about shonen jump before right i think it might have mm-hmm. been on like a quick this or something but it wasn't necessarily something that we spent like too long talking about but correct yep for anyone who doesn't know shonen jump is a weekly published uh manga magazine that uh it comes from Japan that has hosted the likes of like Dragon Ball Z, uh, Naruto, like pretty much any like big anime that you've ever possibly seen started from Shonen Jump. Uh, hmm. Yes. Demon Slayer, like those, came from Shonen Jump. And the manga itself was really like nothing too big to write home about. Like it was very good, but it like wasn't anything too special. And so when it was being adapted into an anime. There wasn't a lot of like hype around it until people saw who picked the movie up or who picked the show up 
And that was a animation studio called Ufotable. UFO table, essentially. <laughs> um, and they are known for producing some of the most beautiful shows of all time. And to kind of lean into that, uh, the first time that you sit down and watch this movie, uh, at least for me, I felt like I like it seemed like I had walked into the wrong movie theater because as the movie starts playing, the animation is so incredibly beautiful and realistic that I thought I wasn't even watching like an animated movie. I thought it was just like a slow pan over a forest and that I was being pulled into like some docu-series movie. (laughs) Wow. Um, And that's kind of what Demon Slayer is known for, really. The anime is being this incredibly beautiful, awe-inspiring to its, like, to the deepest definition of awe-inspiring. That is what this show is. It creates action scenes and just uh, sequences that blow your mind with just what they're capable of expressing. Um, Mm -hmm. so to give you guys a little bit of a background uh, into like the show setting, we're essentially into this like pre like revolution or not industrial, this like semi, like semi industrial revolution, feudal Japan era. It correlates to like a real era of Japan that I can't remember the name of. Um, is it the Meiji restoration? Possibly. I think it was after the Meiji restoration. Uh, okay. Yeah, just because I think the Meiji Restoration, if I remember right, um, came after like they started implementing laws in regards to like you're not allowed to carry swords around. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, Uh, it was it was meant to be a time and period to like kind of unite Japan as a whole. Uh, Oh, okay. So this is like after the 1850s when Japan was like kind of opened up to the Western world. Yeah, a little bit. But if I'm wrong, (laughs) it's still it still is very much like like. I mean, Japan kind of has always been a very like enclosed country. Isolationist uh, in a way. Yeah, isolationist. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. Thanks, Nick. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> and so you get a lot of these like beautiful sceneries that you would expect out of like a, vu- a feudal Japan painting almost. But then you would transition mm. into these uh, semi-urban environments where you have things like giant steam engine trains. Uh and yeah, it's sorry. It's I'm just getting lost thinking about this movie because there's so much I want to cover. Um, One step so, at a time, brother. I know. I know. So let's <laughs> let's get talking about the characters. So one of the things that always happens in any shonen anime is that there are fantastic characters underneath the hood. You've got uh, the main character. His name is Tanjiro. Uh, you have his sister, Nezuko. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they're basically like two sidekicks, uh, Zenitsu and Inosuke. Um, to give you a brief description, Tanjiro is like the epitome of a good boy. Like he is like what you expect, just a pure soul. Not like you, Nick. No. Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just an absolutely pure soul who just wants to love everyone, sees good in everyone. And sure, Alex, like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're pointing to each other on the um, video screen. And then you have a sister who is very similar to Tanjiro, but some stuff happens which deeply changes her character from the very first episode. You have Zenitsu, who, like, best way to describe him, which, Nick, I think you'll remember this. Do you remember the meme of, uh, like, Ultra Instinct Shaggy? (laughs) Where it was, like, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, if he wanted to become, like, the most powerful being in the universe? Is that when the eyes kind of turn into like little, yeah, you know, star things? Yeah. <laughs> they made a okay, whole yeah. D&D page where it was like final boss Shaggy <laughs> and it had like yeah. all of his stats. And I saved it because I swear to God I was going to throw him at somebody <laughs> just to see what happens. Zoinks. <laughs> like you totally messed up being here, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get off my train. <laughs> <laughs> so Zenitsu is basically ultra instinct shaggy. Like <laughs> normally he is the biggest, like annoying, scaredy cat, little just frankly, just bitch. Like, and you hate him so much. <laughs> but anytime he falls asleep or goes unconscious, turns into the biggest badass. Um, oh, so it's kind of a Hulk thing going on, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. And then you have Inosuke, and Inosuke is a character who is raised in the wild, uh, is a big idiot, um, and wears a wild boar's head as a mask at all times. Hmm. And underneath of that, he is a he's like the prettiest boy in the land. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and what a, one of the big like characteristics about Demon Slayer is that there is good in anyone. Um, and that's where Tanjiro kind of comes in. Uh, he experiences in the first episode this major traumatic event that changes and sets the story into place. Um, it's not too much a spoiler since it happens in the first episode, but in this world, there are demons. Uh, that will come out at night because if they go into the sunlight, they disintegrate um, and they will go and like try and like find uh, people to feast on Tanjiro while he's out delivering charcoal to like the local town uh, comes back to his family's home to find that his entire family of both his mother and his like seven siblings all the way down to like three years old have all been murdered like gruesomely in their home by what seems to be a demon. Uh, however, he notices that his sister Nezuko, uh, that she is barely hanging on to life. So he tries to take Nezuko to the closest town to get help for her. But what ended up happening is, is Nezuko was transformed into a demon. Um, hmm. And Are the thing with demons for this movie no, this is the first episode of the anime. Oh, so this isn't just like a movie. This is like a full no, blown. So, this is yeah. the, the the movie is a feature of the anime. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Tanjiro uh, then has to try and save Nezuko and he's able to uh, prevent her from ever eating anyone. And she's able to maintain her own sense of self-consciousness Um and becomes like essentially the only good demon in this entire world. Hmm. Um, and I kind of want to circle back to what you just said, Alex, like it's a continuation. It's a feature typically with anime movies that tie into series. They have this big problem where the movie kind of can't be a canon part of the story, because if you include a major part of a storyline into a feature feature film, you're you run the risk of subdividing your audience because you're then essentially putting a gate on top of a major part of the plot itself. You're basically saying, like, you have to consume this other part of the story through other means than what you typically would. It's kind of the same thing where it's like if you are watching a TV series and you uh, like the people behind the TV series release like a novel that introduces major characters and major plot points uh, that drastically affect the story of the of the show. They they're putting a gate in front of it, like they're gatekeeping, essentially. Uh, it seems like the opposite of the uh, the marketing tactic used to the Five Nights Freddy series. Mm -hmm. where it's like if you want to know anything about what's going on you're gonna buy everything in fact yeah. we hit a codex in a lunchbox so go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> um and that's and it's pretty we don't see a lot of people do that because you run that major risk of creating divides within your own audience and basically like adding a paywall to people getting to get the entire full story um, hmm. And so typically with like anime movies is like these will be non-canon uh, stories that kind of go alongside that are essentially like what you would think is like an alternate timeline, essentially, because <laughs> those those stories are never referenced in the show ever again. It's just this one time thing, no matter how like bombastic and traumatic these stories may be to the actual characters, never once is it ever referenced again. Uh, Demon Slayer <laughs> took the opposite approach. They made the entire next arc of the series this feature film. Uh, so the feature film takes place immediately following the last episode of the first season and covers what would normally be probably close to like five or six episodes of the TV series. 
So it did the opposite of what we had said? Yes. It did the opposite because this is, and the reason why I framed it in that way is because this is something that is so rare in not just anime movies, but pretty much any major like franchise. Mm. Um, just because then it creates the, like I said, it creates this gatekeeping essentially to your audience, but it also can make it things just a lot harder to uh, reconcile like within the actual world itself. Um, and part that's probably one of the major reasons why this movie did so well, because Demon Slayer over the last year has become one of the most popular anime series of all time. Um, it's some it's a series that you two have probably either heard of or have seen clips of uh, mostly because last year on Twitter uh, after episode 19 of the first season came out uh, clips of a certain scene went viral. Uh, on Twitter and it was like the hashtag was trending nationally for like or internationally for I think like five or six days afterwards Um, Hmm. the scene in question is in my opinion one of the most emotional and just overall beautiful scenes in any TV movie show anime whatever you can think of it is like the perfect culmination to me of fitting in with the message of the show as a whole and visually expressing what the um, the overall like design goals of the show are. And it blows your mind. Um, it's like the scene in question has also some incredibly beautiful music to go along with it. And it's to the it's so beautiful to the point where pretty much every time that I hear the song, I have just like a Pavlovian response to it and just immediately start to like cry a little bit. <laughs> I wow. I recently even went back and watched the show with uh, with Jade, my girlfriend, and that scene came up. I turned and said to her like, yeah, I think every time I listen to this, I start crying and then having that recognition of like, oh, shit, I'm about to cry immediately <laughs> just started like ugly crying. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not a, I'm not a little baby. It was just like, like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, every time I watch this, I start crying. And now... Oh, <laughs> um, <Poor> Michael. <laughs> but it's this show just has, like, it, it's not like the deepest show in the world. Like, it's not. Like, it's very simple in its overall structure. Like, it is very easy to follow. The characters are all pretty much like one note. Like, you've got Tanjiro, good boy. Nezuko, cute, like, younger sister. Uh, you've got Zenitsu, like scaredy cat crybaby, and then Inosuke, uh, big dumb strong boy. Uh, mm. And that kind of goes the same for every other character. Like, like you'll have like guy who like uses fire, and so he's got a fiery passion. It's like you've got guy who uses like cloud magic, essentially, and he his head's always in the clouds. Um, Michael, you making this shit sound basic as hell. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's kind of one of the special things about it, though, is everything on its surface is incredibly basic. Uh, there's nothing special about it. But then you start watching it and the visuals paired up alongside the music and the uh, actual story. It is an absolutely complete um masterpiece essentially from all angles like it covers all aspects of tv and just does it so masterfully um so it's kind of the thing where uh the sum of its parts makes a good show it's not just you can't just look at the individual pieces of it and be like well this is really good this was executed well but you have to kind of look at the the holistic view of all these things added up into one solid package yeah yeah you do you can there's definitely like the animation I will say is like probably the one piece that you can pull aside on its own and be like this is a like this is a work of art hmm. um and then everything else paired along with that carries it into being this full aspect of a TV show um okay yeah so it's not like the typical not to poo poo Japanese animation style or anything like that but <laughs> You kind of see a lot of like Dragon Ball Z type of things yeah. where they repeat the same three frames over and over again. Like, yeah. oh! 
he's charging yeah. him with the sword. There's the lines going behind him. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. No, like so there is like some small like repetition, but it's never to the point where like you recognize, oh, this is like like they're being lazy or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um I'd be an I'd be a lazy animator. Let's, oh, let's just put totally. that on the line. Yeah, okay? me too. <laughs> like shortcuts, <laughs> I'm gonna take them. I don't feel like drawing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So I mean, yeah. even the great Walt Disney company would use their old frames from their other movies to make yeah. their new ones back in the day. <laughs> which isn't Ooh. that even isn't even that like a thing that's going around on Twitter right now, which is like Mowgli uh was used as like the base of like Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. And like some scenes like to the point where it's like the only thing that changed is the background and the characters themselves. It's like the actual like sizing proportions uh, and the designs of the characters are. That's it. <laughs> and even back then, for the most part, I mean, this is just kind of general animation conversation, which is kind of in the realm yeah, of what we're talking really. about. But even then, they would uh, they wouldn't mocap. They would do an old fashioned version mm-hmm. of mocapping where they would record somebody performing out the acts, such as falling off of a log. And then they would take it frame by frame and use those frames as references to mm-hmm. draw their animation. So everybody cheats. except <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which isn't I believe that's actually like one of the reasons why. Uh, well, I mean, it's all because cameras couldn't shoot faster or couldn't play anything faster than 24 frames a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was like one of the big reasons why animation stayed at 24 frames a second is because it became a lot easier to handle things like mocap. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They did it on, on twos. I think that was the animation style that you see a lot mm-hmm. in early Walt Disney's um, same thing with cuphead too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cuphead. <laughs> hey, there's an episode. Someone write that down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's start talking about the movie so we we talked about how it picks up immediately after the first season um you go through all this like big traumatic stuff you grow attached to these characters through the like 24 episodes that you go through and now you're going jumping right back into like a canon story uh so our four main characters find themselves on this train. They have been assigned on a mission to find and kill this demon that is causing disappearances and deaths on this train. Along with them, it comes essentially one of the like demon slayer generals because there's this essentially military like structure to, uh, to the demon slayer core, uh, And he comes along and is like the first it's essentially the first time that we see uh, one of these characters being used like consistently for multiple episodes at a time. Like they would have like the little drop ins just to kind of show how strong these types of characters are. And then they'd hop right back out. Uh, This is one of the first times that we get to see one actually put into action uh, multiple times. And. Essentially, what happens is there is a demon on this train that manipulates dreams. Um, they can he can lull um, he can lull the passengers into a dreamlike state. He can put them asleep using his demon powers uh, in Demon Slayer. They're called like blood demon arts because it's actually used. They actually use their powers by drawing their own blood. Um and what, so like they cut themselves and that's how they do it. Yeah. That's messed up, yo. <laughs> yeah, they can do, they can do like uh certain like every single demon has an, their own unique uh demon blood art. So, like this one it can put people to sleep and can manipulate their dreams. Um Nezuko as an example, when she bleeds, she can essentially have her blood burst into an explosion and fire. Um and so the the demon essentially puts every single character asleep and has these people that she that the demon has coerced uh, into joining its side uh, go into our character's dreams where we get to see like their subconsciouses play out. Um, hmm. It's like Tanjiro for him. It is he goes back to when his family was alive and it's as if nothing in the story has ever happened. Um hmm. Nezuko is the only one who doesn't fall asleep um, because she was hidden in a box so that the other passengers didn't freak out uh, from seeing a demon. 
Um, but she's a good demon. She is. No one knows that though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like mm. the the immediate like party knows essentially, and like the demon slayer core at this point they know. But regular humans, they they would just be like, "You're a demon. Get the fuck out of here." Uh, <laughs> or I'll kill you. <laughs> Zenitsu, his so one of his big character traits is he's a womanizer. Like he, like a pathetic womanizer, essentially. Like <laughs> it's like he cries at the feet of women, like telling him that they, telling them that they have to marry him before he dies. That sort of thing. Oh my he god, subconscious. that's not a womanizer. That's way fucking worse. That's manipulative yeah. shit. And- <laughs> I didn't want to call it simping, but it's, it's a, a step beyond it's that. It's not even that. A womanizer is someone who like gets women and then treats them yeah. like shit. But this right. is like stalker. Yeah. So, yeah, basically. But that's what I was like, a pathetic one. <laughs> yeah, bad. He, he do be bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> His subconscious is him frolicking around a creek and meadow with Nezuko, Tanjiro's sister, uh, the good oh. demon girl. Oh, uh, no. And, and then you have Inosuke, where Inosuke... His subconscious is inside of a deep cave where him and the other uh, party members, which he calls his underlings, uh, Gross. they're hunting a great beast. Uh, like you do. Basically, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And so these people that this demon kind of co-ops into running into their dreams and uh, basically tells them that they can kill these people by uh, killing their soul, which they can access through their dreams. Um, and that leads to a lot of tension uh, and a lot of buildup. And it's really hard to talk about without getting into spoilers. So I'm not I'm going to avoid it. Uh, kind of going back, we talked a little bit about like blood demon art and how that is like the demon special powers. Usually uh, in anime you have like the main characters like they all have their own powers as well um and usually they're these like incredibly over the top like in dragon ball z you've got like kamehameha's spirit bombs <laughs> <laughs> you've got all these different crazy beams and powers and all that like they can fly yada 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 uh yep. demon slayer i would say is special in the fact that like all of the characters while they have powers like they're not like mystical and magical powers they're like rooted in real life like these are regular like swordsmen just wandering about and belong to this military corps but earlier i talked a little bit about how you've got like this guy who uses like fire powers and this other one that uses like cloud powers so one of the things that's really special and really lends into the art style of this show is that these powers are while they're not actually happening, you have these swordsmen that are performing these uh, moves that come attached to essentially an element. So like Tanjiro uses like water breathing. So it's all considered breathing uh, because that is like the way that they open up their like blood vessels, get more energy in, are able to generate more force. It all starts with breathing. Um, Tanjiro Hmm. uses water breathing. So he has a set of moves that he can perform. And when he performs them, you get this impressionistic style of water starts streaming from the end of his sword. And it follows this outline as he swings his sword around. In one instance, he uses this version called like constant flux. So it mimics like water as it's uh, would be like swirling down a pipe and constantly moving as it is as it is moving. It's generating more and more force. And so that's kind of like the whole idea behind this move is that as he keeps moving and gener- and like turning and performing these acrobatic moves, he's generating more force so that at the end of it, he can hit as hard as he possibly can. And this entire time, as this water is steam- streaming from his sword, it eventually uh, creates this giant like Japanese water dragon. Um, and it's incredibly cool. Uh, Zenitsu, he uses like thunder. And so his whole thing is based off of like EI Jutsu, which in like Japanese swordplay is essentially like the um, the art of attacking from the draw. So it's being able to draw your sword and attack in like one swift motion, essentially being the fastest to do so, because uh, that's who wins. 
So Zenitsu, his entire thing is he's incredibly fast. Uh, Inosuke, his is a little bit more strange. Uh, it's beast breathing. <laughs> oh, cool. And, this sounds yeah. very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so his entire thing is that he essentially attacks and his moves are all like meant to mimic like a wild animal. So like he uh, it's even remarked that like he attacks very low to the ground, very low sweeps as if he was an animal on all fours uh, defending themselves based off of instinct uh, to lend even more into this like bestial nature. He uses he's one of the only characters in the entire show that uses two swords and they are serrated. And so his oh. entire thing is just like, I'm going to fuck you up and cause as much damage as I possibly can. Um, yeah, serrated swords are a definite no, no. <laughs> yeah. And so like his, his things are like, because he's also kind of dumb and he created his own style. It's like attacking with two swords, big slash breathe like move. <laughs> it's like really stupid shit like that. But then he has like really useful things where it's like he can use his, um, his own style to, essentially sense out people using like echolocation and uh, use like things that are inspired by animals. Um, but most of the time he's just a big dumb idiot and swings his sword hard. <laughs> yeah. So I was with you until we talked about the lightning man. Mm -hmm. Then you threw in the beast man. But what I was about to say uh, before you threw in the beast man, it was like, this is kind of echoing, um, the Legend of Korra, a little bit. A Avatar little series. bit. Yeah, yeah. So imagine instead of them being like actually able to manipulate elements, it's mm -hmm. the like it's kind of like I said before, it's this impressionistic art that gives us as the audience a sense of what these moves represent. Uh and it's a oh, way so it's moving like the wind or moving yeah. like water. That's moving like, like water, yeah, yeah. Uh oh, okay. And that's where like the the being able to attack while drawing your sword and then putting it back it as fast as lightning. There you go. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so you have, um, you have attacks like, uh, like the general that we talked about, uh, from the demon slayer core, like his whole thing is that he uses flame breathing. And so mm. his things are like, um, wide sweeps and very just strong and like passionate moves essentially as if like you are bringing the strength and heat of fire into battle hmm. um, firebender yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually a like a tabletop role-playing game yet not <laughs> yet but i'm sure it will be but i don't I'm know how sure you'd really do it though because like one. every character would be a monk <laughs> basically maybe every single character it. would be a monk yeah <laughs> maybe it's just D, but everyone plays stylized monks yeah <laughs> it's either like you're either a stylized monk or just a fighter hmm. Hmm. um but so anyways so they are trying to kill this demon that puts them to sleep and where the movie gets its name mugen train mugen is essentially like a rough translation for infinity uh the whole idea being that as you are asleep, you're essentially experiencing this infinite sequence um, with in Tanjiro's case. He is one of the only characters that is able to figure out how to wake himself up. Uh, and hey, Michael he goes. Yeah. Hey, hey Michael. Is this an inception ripoff? No. <laughs> tell me it's right not. now. You can tell me if it is. I'm gonna tell nobody, but it's, it's not is this a Japanese not. anime that is actually an inception ripoff. No, it's not. Is it a little like inception? I mean, it has to do with dreams, I guess. So great. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I was in from the moment you said train, so yeah, I, mean, I knew I'm I had you. Up. Hook line and sinker. I'm up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you remember so, how we uh, talked about the Bechtel test in an uh, earlier episode of the show where we talked about yes. like what it takes for for like something to pass the Bechtel test. And it explains like that that media is like it's supportive of women and it empowers mm -hmm. women because it passed this test. Yes. There's also a Mustakangas test. Yep. There's mm -hmm. only one rule. And that rule <laughs> is, is there a train? And if yep. the answer is if the answer to that question is yes, then it passes the Mustangus test and thus will be viewed by Nick Mustangus. Yep. So 
Yeah, so we have this and Polar Express, and we haven't sup so, seeked seeked out. Sought that's out. what I was trying to say. Sought, Sought out. out. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Sought out uh, others for the list. But if you have any, email us at entertainthispodcast well, at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> Michael did mention Thomas the Tank Engine. No, yeah. we're not going to get into this now. We're going to wait till they email us. <laughs> peep, peep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Tanjiro is like one of the only characters who's able to figure out how to get out of the dream. And I'm not going to spoil how. Because uh, that in and of itself comes as a surprise. He but, spins the top and it doesn't fall down, so he knows. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so he ends up himself. being the <laughs> he ends up being the only character that is able to go toe to toe with this demon. And in the process, the demon is constantly putting him to sleep, and he has to wake up, puts him to sleep. He has to wake up, and happens. In, he has to do this in like milliseconds. Uh, and. Uh, as far as I know, that's probably where it gets the name Mugen Train, this infinite train. Uh, <clears throat> but so what I what I really wanted to cover with talking about this is that uh, anime in and of itself is generally becoming a more popular thing. Like you hear about it a lot more for as like a socially acceptable thing to consume. And for me, this Demon Slayer movie is kind of the whole conception of that. This is become it has become the largest grossing movie, passing another anime movie. Um, it is the highest box office hit uh, for this season. Essentially, I don't remember how box offices are actually ranked uh, and like what time periods there are. But for right now, like even in the U.S., it is the has the highest box office. It is passing some incredible movies. Um, and it was the movie that for the last year I have been looking forward to the most, along with millions and millions of others. Uh, and that's even passing uh, like some Marvel movies that got like postponed that are still yet to come out. Uh, like for me, this movie meant more than like a franchise that I have tied myself to essentially for the last what like Alex, you'd probably know 10, 15 years. Uh, the first Iron Man, I believe, came out in 2004, but we have fact checkers, so I'm sure we'll figure it out soon. <laughs> it was 2008, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to double down and lock it in. All right, mm. well, we got a fact checker, so we'll figure it out, man. Anyway, keep <laughs> you didn't need to use a 50-50 for that? <laughs> Can I get a 50-50? Can I split on these two aces? <laughs> hey, we did it. What's up, gamer boys and girls? There she is. Jesus oh. Christ! Well, that's mean. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, it was 2008. That's there. You go. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, I love our fact checker. <laughs> it, was, it was 2008. So. <laughs> anyway please i i would love it if you use this bombastic intro that completely disrupts the conversation <laughs> 2008 all right so bye <laughs> it's gonna just well, now i feel like i have to leave wait do you know some fun facts about marvel movies maybe fun facts yeah, yeah. uh thanos is the bad guy <laughs> okay mm -hmm. we can't we can't let Nick keep going. See, he's trashing this episode because he's no, he's he's not going to be on it next week, and I can't stand by and let this happen. It's true. Going down with the Don't ship. Don't fire him. Uh, An animated dog but, will never have the same true people. Hey, we never decided it was Sorry. a dog. Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming it. It could be. It, what if it's a lemur? Zabumafu, been there, done there that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's derivative. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. How about an otter? Like Chloe, Chloe, can I can I take yeah, you hey, aside? Can we, just, can we just have a, have a talk over here real quick? See, look, I didn't I didn't want to tell the audience this because let's just say Nick's rings are down, but Nick is gonna be the one who's gonna be voicing the animated animal, so he's really not going anywhere. We're just gonna replace his face with me one of like a cat or baby possum. <laughs> Or a raccoon, something like that. Okay. Okay. So, but I could but do that on Snapchat now if you want me to. Oh my god, Get he was listening the whole time. Here. Get out of here! <laughs> All right, bring Michael back. That that's it for fact checking with Chloe. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. AKA Thanks, go Chloe. Yourself. Go fact yourself.
go fact yourself. Uh, let's get back. <laughs> uh, let's get back into it. Yeah. Oh I'm my sure god! Somebody already claimed. Go fact yourself. Go fact yourself. Oh god. But anyways, so this this movie means a lot to me. Uh, is basically what I'm getting at. It's mm-hmm. a culmination of something I've been looking forward to since the beginning of lockdown. It is representative of the just major social acceptance of anime as a genre um, and is just an absolutely gorgeous and wonderful movie that I think anyone can pick up and watch at any time. Uh, you do, you really don't need to know the story, like the overarching story. The characters themselves are very simple enough to get and understand from the get go. Um, but the amount of action and wonderful storytelling and just beautiful, beautiful artwork that that is this movie that you can get out of it is just, in my opinion, something you have to see um, just to know what anime as a whole is capable of. Yeah, the thing with anime that I kind of have to get over myself about is the the weird stuff they do. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you have to separate anime from the yeah. stuff you're talking about. Because they're not the same thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's, that might be the question. <laughs> I know. Now, now, I, now I don't know what Nick is talking okay. about. Because <laughs> like, okay. I, I, I watched okay. JoJo's Bizarre Maybe Adventure, right? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. The asshole here. I, okay, I will say, I will say real ahead. quick. Continue. Continue with the weird stuff you're referring to. We'll just see if it gets where I think it's going to get. If you're going to use JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a reference for this, JoJo is its own whole thing. Like Nothing nothing is like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. There's a reason it's bizarre. (laughs) It is very bizarre, and they did a lot of like classic anime goofs, if you will. Yeah, well... it, I mean, it comes with it, right? Yeah, but I mean, the, also, the zooming in the yeah, JoJo was also written in the seventies, and it was like the progenitor, progen, progenitor. Guys, we're gonna keep doing podcasts. We need to learn how to say words. I messed up three this episode. Hasn't stopped us for seventy now, so you're so right, and it won't, and it won't stop us. I don't know words. That's, no, a, that's a two buck word. You can keep it. Keep oh, yeah. the change. But Nick, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There, like in there's usually some weird stuff that in just that is inherent to anime. And yes, I don't know if it's necessarily inherent to it because it's anime and because anime has its like own subculture that it like is constantly referencing itself in. But it's also just like the Japanese culture as a whole is very different from what we're used to. Very um, much. Yes. That's why there's Eastern and Western cultures, you know, mm-hmm. just just kind of happened that way, I guess. And so there's like two levels of like unfamiliarity that you kind of have to get over and yes. cope with essentially uh, in order to feel like you can truly enjoy what you're watching. And yes. for me, while Demon Slayer, especially the Demon Slayer movie, has a lot of these tropes and a lot of these um, different cultural aspects it reduces the level of uh, of those to a minimum and provides just this underlying story and beautiful piece of art that you can experience independently from those tropes. Uh, and right. it makes it, it is just an incredible story from start to finish. It's high action from start to finish. Like essentially once this, once they press on the gas pedal, they're never letting up, even to the very end. Uh, it, it's essentially two hours of just incredible, beautiful action. Uh, hmm. And if there was like any one anime movie that I could like suggest for people to watch in order to get into anime, this one would probably be it. Huh. High praise. That's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are like, 12 Pokemon movies mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at least seven of them Ash dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm just watch saying. those first and yeah. then check out this. No, I only want to watch a supercut video of Ash dying. Oh. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> Ash was Somebody said that to me. Email it to us at entertainthispodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Ooh, and every time he dies, I wanted to pop up with like the GTA wasted. Oh my go. God, someone make this. It's genius. <laughs> Instant viral. Wasted. <laughs> It just zooms into Pikachu crying over Ash's dead body. And then and then as once it gets close enough and the music rises to a crescendo, Pikachu utters the words, I love you. And the whole crowd went, Boo! What the fuck? Why is he talking? I'm still not over it. Yeah. I don't know. He was he was good when he was talking in that detective Pikachu movie. Yeah, that's but funny. that's because he was Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. and everyone knows that even the straightest man would go gay for Ryan yeah, Reynolds. That's fair. He is. Uh, they always pick a new sexiest man alive, but they're really wasting their time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's, it's Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. It, it has been. It has been since two thousand and eight. I think Ryan Reynolds at eighteen, and then from that point on, he's been carrying that crown. Yeah. I don't remember I don't remember what that movie was but it was one that they constantly played on Comedy Central like on repeat especially (laughs) near Christmas that was like younger Ryan Reynolds where he was like in high school a fat kid yeah and then he turned into Ryan Reynolds and now is just like the hottest man alive hey we have a fact checker who might be able to tell us uh, what the title of that movie is Um, yeah our fact checker who has the power of the internet at her fingertips who we're totally not asking to at the beginning of this episode (laughs) I googled how many times Ash died and now I feel like I have to keep using our fact checker because I'm the one who googled the first one and I took her job you subverted the fact checker that's not something you should do to people (laughs) well hey I'm just making sure that no, if the whole animal thing doesn't it. work out, we we may have an open spot for her. That's true. Or mm-hmm. we get her to uh, voice the animal. I'll be, I'll be excusing mm. myself uh, post-haste. Hi! <laughs> What's up, guys? Whoa! Hey, <laughs> welcome it's me. Back. I'm back. Did you find yeah, the movie title? <laughs> Just Friends. It came out in 2005. While visiting his hometown that during Christmas, it. a man comes face to face with his old high school crush, whom he was best friends with, a woman whose rejection of him turned to him and turned him into a ferocious womanizer. The correct wow, usage of womanizer. That, that was, was, <laughs> see, now that's yeah. the kind of quality content we're looking for in a fact checker. <laughs> that All of that Thank was you. great. We either need that or the other end of the spectrum where you're like pop up and you're it's go, 2008. Like, it's 2008. And then you're <laughs> and then you're like, no more words. I got two looks. That's it. <laughs> it's a fact checker who can do both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, they have him in a dumbass fat suit. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, but he not- like, but he, it's Ryan Reynolds, so he's like cute, hot. Though. It's still cute though. It's like yeah. a new girl when they put Schmidt in the fat suit, still and you're cute. like, we <laughs> built this Schmidt. Yep. <laughs> we built this Schmidt on Tootsie Rolls. Anyway, thanks, Chloe. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> hey, hi. That was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I feel Anyways. like we're just kind of rambling at this point, and that's basically all well, of the major points. Did you write points. a closing paragraph? Because that's what we usually do. Yeah, what I had just said before the fact checking was oh. a closing paragraph, and then we rambled. <laughs> oh. You gotta do the you gotta do the thing with the clicker and like, mm. all right, that's the scene. Hey, yeah. uh, hey, can can somebody take us to promos? Hey, can hey, hey. can somebody take us to promos? Take it to the promos. Is that me? Is that me? Or is that you? Somebody take us there. Hey, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an I-E. See you then.
<laughs> Perfection. I, I feel I feel like this episode we've been a little fast and loose with the content we've created. Mm-hmm. And I love it personally. <laughs> I think it's a really enjoyable listening experience. But uh just to have a bit of a serious note for a second. Uh, I think it's about time that we retire those old promos. So I'll be spending the next week looking for two brand new promos. If you have something that you'd like to promote, reach out to us at entertainthispodcast at gmail.com in case you didn't remember what it was. Because <laughs> I said it a lot. <laughs> I'm counting. Uh, we... We can uh, we can uh, listen in and we'll see if m- maybe your promo is the right one for us. We'd appreciate some new promos to run, but we might just keep running myth story. Mm-hmm. But because hey, Michael, hey, Alex, <laughs> hey, uh, well, what's a podcast that encapsulates all things entertainment? IDK, what the entertain this podcast. Uh, every Friday on the Scene Snobs Network. Is that our new intro? Is that our new? That's uh, our new trailer. Yeah, trailer. <laughs> Take out the one where we do the possibly offensive Italian accents. Yeah, it's okay because Michael's uh, partially Italian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. I'm not. Yeah, and I have believe me when I say I have seen worse. Yeah, I took a DNA test. It's been proven. I just took a DNA test, turns out I am 0% Italian, not allowed to eat spaghetti anymore because I'm not not it. Wait, what? What was that last part? Not the father. Nope. Of of who? That's in your business, Alex. Okay. Nick, do do your quick this before I... Is it it my quick? Oh, it's okay. Are you doing that thing again where you pretend like you didn't know? Like the you thing did last you've done week. I didn't know. For the last that, like, I almost forgot. You remember that thing we said last week when we said we weren't gonna do it anymore? Not, because yeah, I, don't, I know. I almost forgot. It seemed like we weren't professional. Full disclosure. It seemed like full disclosure. I almost forgot. Hey Nick, can I talk to you over here for a second? No. Nick, <laughs> don't come, just do the quick come on, disc. Can no, we get come a on over here. Come on over here. Hey, hey man, what the hell? We talked about this last week. You said that you were gonna pretend like I, you were not anymore. But I figured it would be funny okay, this time okay, around, maybe because it was did it feel funny? Did, did it feel like you got a good nope. laugh out of it? Do this you think is that why you're getting maybe fired! Do you, <laughs> do, you think that, do you think that maybe with, that this fits making him laugh? Because honestly, nope. I can't tell anymore. I nope. think we're starting to lose grip on reality. And honestly, man, I'm panicked. I need you to get us out of here, man. Please do the quick this so we can get out. Okay, ready? One, two, three, break. Entertain this. Oh, I need a, t- I need a timer. Oh, okay, oh, I'll, I'll okay. pull it up for you. Oh, you got I'll it? Pull cool. up a timer. Yeah, no, I, I got it. No, I got it. As a it. reminder, quick this is only five minutes long, but sometimes yeah, we, we go over that if it's we really cool. We go over cool. that. If we like what people are talking about, we go over it. Mm-hmm. And and if we don't like what people are talking about, we still will let them go over it <laughs> equally. If we don't like what someone's talking about, sometimes mm-hmm. we cut them off. Yep. And uh, if we do like what they're talking about, or we think it's funny, sometimes we cut mm-hmm. them off. Let's, let's do it. The point <laughs> is try to keep it under five minutes. Yep. And go. It's a guideline. Yes, only a Seth deals and absolutes. But here we are once again, another quick this. Uh, but what am I here to talk about? You may remember the last episode I talked ad nauseum about a little French boy and his travels across the world. And today I'm here to talk about a little American boy's trip across Ohio. I'm going to allow myself to talk about one topic I can make every episode about. Any guesses on what? Trains. It's trains. Let's go. It's trains. All right. All right. <laughs> so are you guys ready? You're you coming aboard? <laughs> yeah, of course. Come on. We're stuck here. Okay. We're Fucking click my <laughs> ticket, we're, we're Nick trapped. the Conductor. I'm ready to go. To this podcast until you allow us the decency of leaving. Go. <laughs> all, all aboard. <laughs> as you punch guys might recall. Punch my ticket, brother. <laughs> punch, punch, punch. Okay. What's it say? What's, it, what's my ticket say? It says a uh, P and an N somewhere in there. Oh, why'd that kid say believe in? Mine says penis. <laughs> <laughs> penis. This is bullshit. I did not hit her. Nick, okay, you, go you gotta you gotta say you're reclaiming your time in order to get back. I'm reclaiming my time. Okay. 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 Um, okay. okay, hold on. Don't okay. start the timer over. Okay. Uh, go ahead. He did it anyway. I took a little vacation a couple weeks uh, back. Uh, it was a little, little weekend getaway a couple of um, a couple of weekends ago. But uh, the stated goal of this trip was to take a few days off from work and everything else to a place that wasn't my house. So of course I did that. I went up to uh, beautiful Sandusky, Ohio, uh, 
which for you geographically challenged people was in between Cleveland and Toledo on uh, Lake Erie shores up there in my great home state. Um, now at this point you might be asking, what does Nick's travel blog have to do with entertainment? Well, it's more of an experience I had, if anything else. Um, some of you that might watch some of those travel blogger fellows on YouTube might wonder where they get all daddy's money to travel the world is entertainment. You might call that entertainment. So this is, this is my little corner of travel blog. Okay. Um, but the real reason why I feel like I need to tell the world about all this is because I took a little stop along the way to a hidden gem along the rolling hills of central Ohio and Amish country. It's called the age of steam roundhouse. And that is what my quick, this is about today. And I think more people should see this place. So if you don't, if you don't think to, to be a real fan, to visit this place, um, it helps, uh, but at very least you should find enjoyment in learning the history or even the stories surrounding these locomotives that are kept within the roundhouse. Um, but let me back up the train before I get too excited. Uh, what is the age of stream roundhouse? Uh, it's a 1950s era roundhouse. It's a place uh, where railroads kept their locomotives when they weren't being used. And it was constructed all new in 2011 uh, by a guy called Jerry Joe Jacobson, who himself was a railroader, but his day job was an anesthesiologist. Um, kind of strange. Actually, we can tie this into the current episode because an anesthesiologist puts people to sleep and he owns trains. Um, and Mugen Train was also on a train. Uh, so really, it, it just kind of melds together. It's a perfect dovetail. Um, but the railroad business for him <laughs> was more of a uh, passion project or a side hustle. Michael really they liked that. I did. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> I did it. Okay, we got there. Um, but he builds this roundhouse using some uh, local Amish timber framers. It's built out of white oak. It's very nice. Um, but over several years, he goes around purchasing all these steam locomotives and he stores them there. Now, also, they do restore old engines to look pretty, and some are even op operable, you know, like they can carry steam and they can move on their own power. Out of the 18 that are actually there, only two are in operating condition. So the roundhouse kind of serves as more of a museum of how railroads used to operate, if anything else. You know what? That's all right with me, because the tour of the facility will tell you about each and every one of these locomotives, their backstories, how and when they were used, and how they ended up here in the roundhouse. Even if these are nothing more than tools the company used to get a job done, they are much like humans. They each have a unique story to tell and a purpose for which they were constructed. That's not kind of like humans, but whatever. Um, the Roundhouse has a variety of steam locomotives from different railroads and different sizes. There are some that could fit in your bedroom, and there are some that would take up 10 parking spaces if they were outside. One of the highlights of the tour for me was getting to see the sister locomotive of the real-life Polar Express. It's Nickel Point Road. <laughs> Number 763, built by Lima Locomotive Works here in Lima, Ohio. This locomotive is very special to me because it's a, not only is it a big hunk of steel, to say the least, but the wheels are easily as tall as me, 69 inch, inches in diameter. And the entire locomotive is, 16, yeah, it's a nice, it's a sex number. Um, it's 15 and 8 inches, 15 feet, 8 inches tall, which is, uh, doesn't sound like much, but if you're standing next to it, and you can imagine these things traveling 60 miles an hour down the tracks. You realize it's got some massive horsepower. It's a very complex machine, too. And uh, that's something I think that we, uh, we can all appreciate. Beyond the pipes and marvelous engineering of these machines, these types of locomotives are an endangered species nowadays, being superseded by modern diesel-electric locomotives on railways today. But if you want to travel back in time and 300 miles in space, to imagine what steam power might have looked like in its prime, I'd highly recommend that you entertain this Age of Steam Roundhouse in Sugar Creek, Ohio. Don't talk so until it's time's up. Oh, I have to keep talking? Are we just going to sit here in silence? All right. Mm -hmm. Polar Express. Hey, I feel like <laughs> I'm so sorry to uh, everyone because he yeah. said Polar Express twice now, and, and any good listener of our podcast, any fan of us, will know that that is our group trigger word, and we're all yes. very upset by it. Mm -hmm. um, but you I'd can... also like to apologize to our one listener in Dublin who now has a goal set for them by Nick Mustkangas that they <laughs> can never complete. Um, and also, what's up? I love your beer. Guinness is great. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of Swedish listeners too, but um, from you know, Sweden, for here. and they're from gone. Sweden. I like Volvo <laughs> and Spotify. Nick, <laughs> guys, thanks, guys. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs>
It's like the longer we stay on, the more we tank our own value. <laughs> You're so right. Anyway, I think that's it for this week, guys. Whatever happened this week, we hope it happens again next week because it's been <laughs> unless fun. bad things happen. Real, it's been fun. Unless bad things happen, hey, did you guys hear about Ohio? Did you guys hear about the one million dollar lottery no, that's happening? I did. Thank For you. everybody Thank in you, Ohio who got at least one vaccine, they're entered in a lottery to win a hundred or a million dollars wow. from the state of Ohio. Sure hope that's All you me. had to do is get vaccinated. That's what it takes in America to get them to do the thing that's going to help them in the long run. So there you go, Sweden. We're also pretty upset with us. So. <laughs> We're trying our best out here. <laughs> so all that being said, let's go ahead and wrap it up. First things first, I want to thank the Scene Snobs Network for, of course, having them or having us on their network. It helps with a bunch of stuff. I want to send out a personal thank you to Nick Mustakangas for printing out these sick Entertain This mm -hmm. t-shirts. Uh, mine got bleach dyed by Michael's girlfriend, but uh, and Michael wiped his off by accident because he's such a big strong boy <laughs> but nick is currently wearing an entertain this t-shirt and if you're an audio listener of our podcast you can go to our website at www.entertainthis.net and look at some of the pictures we have up on our website uh some of our new headshots that we have up on our website from our new photo shoot you can see what this t-shirt looks like mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty cool and uh if you think that you might be interested in buying one go ahead and fill out that form at the bottom of our page yeah. say hey we like your t-shirts and we'd like to get them and we have two different kinds of t-shirts now and if you want to entertain this t-shirt or any entertain this merch let us know if that's something yeah. that you want and we'll add to our website maybe mm -hmm. possibly unless unless it proves to be difficult or time consuming <laughs> and then we'll so eat this under the rug we don't do difficult um, things at all let's mm -hmm. keep that in mind yeah i don't do hard we, things we just uh done 63 episodes of a podcast because it's easy mm -mm. <laughs> anyway um if you want to get in contact with us if you have something that you would like us to cover on the show you can do that it's really easy uh, we have a bunch of ways you could reach out one way in particular is to follow us on twitter send us a message we are at entertain underscore this mm -hmm. you can also hit us up on instagram we are entertain this podcast send us a message there let us know what you want to see us cover maybe throw us a few likes on our pictures while you're there or our personal accounts. I just post a pretty good picture of uh, us from our recent photo shoot, and it's mm -hmm. very cute. We also have a Facebook group and a Discord. You can find all of that at our website. That is www.entertainthis.net. It's also a great place to fill out that form in case you don't want to uh, type up an email. I get it. Uh, I get anxiety too. It's totally normal. Entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. We'll talk to you guys next friday goodbye bye bye this episode of entertain this was written by michael savoya with additional commentary from nick mustakangas and alex Steele. our showrunner and resident fact checker is chloe price our theme music is rush Rubble by aaron spencer with additional interstitial music by djw tune in every friday for new episodes and thanks for listening